Hello, and welcome to Living Fit with your hosts, James and Karen Roberts, personal trainers, life coaches, and motivational speakers. This program promotes good health through nutrition and physical activity. If you are interested in starting a personal fitness training program, please contact either Karen Roberts at 336-202-2313 or James Roberts at 336-707-7719. You can also contact them at Facebook at livingfit.com.co. Please consult your medical doctor before starting any exercise program or nutritional plan. And now, here's James and Karen. Thank you so much for joining us for Living Fit. I'm James Roberts. Karen's going to give you a fit tip, and then we're going to come back and continue our talk about how to get better about staying and focus on being healthy. Hi, thank you so much for joining me for this week's fit tips. So um, today I want to share with you part three of my clean eating tips. But first go to Proverbs 16 and 19, which says, Better to live humbly with the poor than to share plunder with the proud. As I said the last two weeks, God wants us to be healthy and live an abundant life. However, it is up to us to make the right choices. Now, I have yet to meet anyone who would agree that eating fast foods um, at fast food restaurants or processed foods are healthy. More and more people are becoming aware of the benefits of eating clean, changing their lifestyles, and buying local. Clean eating changes the way you eat, how much you eat, when you eat. It encourages altering your diet and removing processed foods so that you eat fresh produce and whole grains that are packed full of nutrients, as well as other foods that contain good fats to improve overall health. This lifestyle has many health benefits, including reducing the risk of cardiovascular disease, many types of cancer, and other medical problems. Being aware of the nature of the food we eat allows us to control the type of nourishment or lack thereof we provide our bodies. So the first week, the two tips I gave you were eliminating processed foods and buying local. Week number two was eat several small meals, and exercise portion control. So today I'm going to give you the last two tips in the series that would hopefully help you transition to a cleaner way of eating. So moving on to tip number five, drink water. Clean eating is is about keeping your body clean in every aspect, allowing it to flourish and to help your body become as healthy and as strong as possible. Water is a vital part of that and impacts more of your health than you may know. It can flush out toxins and other harmful waste in the body, enhance and maintain healthy muscles, and decrease joint pain. Some teas and other fluids can be as, ex- as effective as hydrating your body as water. So if drinking a lot of uh, water is a big change to your diet, you could supplement with a few cups of herbal teas as your body and mind adjust to the change. Staying hydrated is also known to help control your appetite. Hunger is often mistaken for thirst, causing people to eat and overeat 
instead of giving the body what it really needs, water. You should drink a minimum of eight, eight ounce servings of water a day and more based on how active you are. And the final tip for eating clean, and one of the most important ones, I think, is number six, shop the perimeter of the store. If you consider how grocery stores are typically laid out, you'll notice how most of the items are in boxes, jars, and other packaging. And thinking further about it, you realize how those inner aisles and shelves contain pre-made, frozen, and ultimately heavily processed foods. When you follow the lifestyle of clean eating, processed foods aren't just about the numerous additives and and preservatives they contain, it encompasses the full process from the beginning to the end. So by sticking to shopping the perimeter, in other words, the outer sides of the stores, of your grocery stores, you'll pretty much avoid the worst processed foods. Now, it's not a perfect answer to eating clean, since uh Produce, meats, and dairy foods found in grocery stores are many times imported from other countries, but it limits unhealthy food choices. Committing your perimeter shopping um, will pay off too. Buying and eating healthy foods will positively impact your diet and overall health. And of course, by buying local products as often as possible, you are also contributing to your local farmers and community. So, thank you for listening to this series on eating clean. I pray that it's been a blessing. Pass it on to family and friends. And tune in every Tuesday to Living Fit with James and Karen Roberts, and we'll share more health and wellness information with you. Be blessed, and have a terrific Tuesday. I want to thank Karen again. I want to thank you again for joining us and hoping that we are saying something that convinces you to take better care of yourself so that you can take care of others. The whole reason why we're here is not really to do stuff for ourselves, but actually to serve others and to witness for Christ. Today, what I want to talk about is what you don't know is you have to learn. Proverbs 23, 6 through 10 says, Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainties. For his, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. For he is the kind of a man who is always thinking about the cost. Or in other, other, another way of saying this, for as he thinks within himself, so is uh, he. Out of this verse comes a rather uh, familiar phrase, as many of us have heard it many times, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's a slight adjustment on the King James Version translation of this verse. It is part of a story about someone choosing to sit with an influential person who offers many things but also expects many things. There's no such thing as a free lunch from this guy. 
So this verse says to anyone considering to sit down with such a person, don't focus on the stuff they offer and don't be deceived by their words. The bottom line is not what you see or hear, but what he's thinking. Be smart enough to not get caught up in the moment with a bunch of stuff or lots of promises. But the verse can also apply to our own thoughts. The key to how I live is not what I do or how I feel, but how I think. And the key that are uh, the everyday decisions to exercise my mind with positive, helpful thoughts, like memorizing Bible verses, spiritual songs, they will affect how I think, which will guide how I feel, which will impact the way I act. Doing right things by feeling the right way. The right way by thinking right thoughts. It's not rocket science, and it can uh, be done one day at a time. I want to tell you the story of a young man in 1982 named Hugh Herr. He was uh, famously, at the age of 17 years old, he was a mountaineering uh, climber, and he had an accident, which left him as an amputee on both legs. And after the disappointment with his first prosthetics, he began his own specialized search for making his legs, his, his uh, uh, prosthetics, so that he could go back to mountain climbing. He loved it that much. And once he figured out how to make his custom feet, he was able to create different feet to switch out depending on the type of climb he was doing. He could be standing on the tiniest of edge with no calf pump and even pointed tips which could knife blade into the mountain he was climbing. Incredibly, he was even able to adjust his height from five feet to eight feet. And if you can picture something like this in your mind, you can see how terrifying this would be for most of us. You can see why some folks claim his amputation were a form of cheating. But he was smart enough to say but, uh, that he had a perfect response for these people. He simply invited them, the haters, to chop off their legs. In any case, this dude was simply a crusher and wasn't going to let the loss of his legs stop him. He wanted to climb mountains because he loved to climb mountains, and the limitation of no legs did not stop him. He became an overcomer. He overcame stage fright. He kept his dream alive. And although... Uh, it would be terrifying for most of us to go through that experience. 
He never quit. It would even lead him to become a pioneer of prosthetic design at MIT, and he sought out, you know, the first, he was the first person to make bionic calves. He was the first person to climb on a lot of these ledges, but he had no fear of failure. And that's usually where most of us miss it. Before Hugh was even born, there was another pioneer named Jim Groin, who uh, wanted to rock climb. And it was back in the 1940s and 50s. And he lived in California in the Sierras. And so if you wanted to climb, the easiest way to get into a, uh, climbing was to join the Sierra Club. And one weekend, he went to an outing where they were training in the art of rock climbing. So to prepare for the big mountains and peaks, and according to the Southern Sierra Monthly Newsletter, that's exactly how Jim got his start. When Jim joined the Sierra Club in 1941 and showed up at a practice rock climb, he was told that was a sport he had better not even attempt. But he tied the rope on uh, the side of the mountain and laid his crutches to the sides and uh, climbed a granite wall that two young fellows with two good legs a piece had just fallen off of. He's been rock climbing ever since, never doubting that he could do it. The first time Jim tackled the rock climb, a lot of people stood around with their mouths hung open. Jim would go on to become one of the best climbers in the Sierra Club and eventually was elected to be the chairman of the rock climbing section of the Southern California chapter. He even met his wife at the club. Jim was one of the best one-legged climbers of his time, which led to fame, which uh, led him to be in magazines and newspaper articles chronicling his astonishing ability and providing insight into what drove this man to do what others said he could not do. Jim lost his leg at the age of six due to a bone disease, but that never stopped Jim from meeting any challenge. Even had the sense of humor when people would heckle him and said, Jim, do you want us to hold your feet? Jim would reply, what do you mean, feet? I only have one foot. Jim Groin, one-legged fellow, did a lot of first climbs that nobody else could do until Jim found a combination of doing it. Everybody could do it and found how it was easier. Seeing somebody else do it made others want to do it. Jim, his regular job was TV repairman. That was his business and radio repair person. 
He spent most of his time on roofs installing antennas, and he had a remarkable balance that served him well. Not just in rock climbing, but doing other things. Amazingly, Jim was the first person to climb to 13,000 feet as an amputee. Fear of doing things will lead us to move away from going in the right direction that we want to accomplish. That's why I say your goal should be written down, drawn out, and focused upon. There's an urgency here. How many springs, how many times we have in our lifetime to make changes? And the answer is not very many. Life is very, very brief. Even if we live it to 100 years old, it's very, very short. And the older I get, I realize how much shorter it is. We all know people who look like they had plenty of time. They were making plans. But their lives were cut short. Some extra short. There's an urgency here. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time procrastinating about tomorrow I can do it. Don't let the knowledge you have to do something about what you can do right now and right away. Your health is way too important for you to keep neglecting your health. Doing things you know that is going to eventually cause you and your family heartache. I have watched many people lose their life over not wanting to make dietary and physical activity changes. I cannot say how long any of us are going to live, neither can you. But I do know that if I continue to constantly bombard my body with things that I know there's harm in it, I can't get a good result. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, my brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there is any worthy of praise, think about these things. We need to change our focus about what we are thinking because most of us spend way too much time thinking about things that are going to eventually cause us heartache, not just us, but our families, because they lead to uh, our health being destroyed. Titus 2.7 says, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity and dignity. I need to be showing people, not, as Pastor Thomas said, not with just what I say with my voice, but what I do with my action. If I want my children to act correctly, I must act correctly first. If I want my uh, co-workers to treat me the way I want to be treated, I must treat them better first. I am to be an example. I am a 
believer. I am the person God put in place to do what nobody else can do. Whether we know it or not, we have been given a task to do. And we have to show people that we have control over ourselves, our bodies, our mind. But my mind, if I'm thinking the right thoughts, I should show that in the action about no food, no no amount of not doing what is necessary is going to keep me from doing the right things. I have been made fun of because of my dietary beliefs, but it doesn't matter. I have to take advantage of what I know to do because I don't keep hoping for better health results and mental clarity. I have to be finding out. I have to go to the Word of God. I have to go to the books to find out what I need to do to make my health, my my spiritual life get better. I have to invest in what it takes to become the individual that can help my family, especially today, with all the diseases, all the things coming about, all the situations of of immoral things happening. We have to be able to teach our children why they should stay focused on what God says. We have to take advantage of free information. We have plenty of it. We can Google about anything. We can read books. We can... uh, Listen to seminars. We can, if, if you want knowledge, you can get it, but you have to take advantage. We can't keep talking about how things used to be. Ephesians 5.1 says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Did you realize that we're supposed to be imitators of God? We are the only God people see. We're the only Jesus people see. And we need to start being disciples, more disciplined people in front of others so that they can see that we are lights to this world and not drawing this dim light that we actually have been showing people lately. You've got to get this new life situation going and seize the moment and invest in your health. You need to take advantage of what you know to do without giving it away and do your best and give it your best effort and all your attention to do the right things. First, learn how to handle the bad disappointments of being unhealthy. You still must uh, put all the necessary, necessary attitudes by adding the right disciplines and finding the right equipment and getting out there. You won't get anything to change until you start focusing on your change. Second, take advantage of when we have better conditions in the times to plant and focus to make sure everything we have in us is pointing toward making the correct mindsets, the right changes, the right thoughts, the right attitude. Thirdly, in the learning, we need to nourish and protect ourselves. While things are going good, eat the right nutrients, do the walks, get up early and go do your Bible study, something that will protect your body, your mind, your 
and stay away from things that you know that would lead you to think or walk in the wrong direction. I know we've got some major challenges in this world. We all do. That is why we come and put in practice our values, take care of them so that we feed those values and protect ourselves against those things that would come against us that would harm us and lead us down a path of destruction. Don't let the success you have for being successful to look to others keep you from actually being successful in the way God looks at you and the way others look at you. This whole discipline that we have is not so people can lift us up, but so that God might be glorified. Don't let wanting to eat healthy and getting the right nourishment and the right self-care become a neglect ever again in your life. Then here's something else we've got to defend ourselves against the enemies. A lot of people are going to come against us. That doesn't bother us because we already know that the Word of God says that when we're doing right, people are going to come against us. We have a unique group of people that we may have to back away from, not because we're fearful of them, but because we know that they are practicing things that we are not practicing. It's time for our opportunity. It's time for our challenge. Whatever threatens you, I'm asking you to just threaten it back. Threaten it with, I'm going to continue to do what I know God would have me to do, especially when I'm trying to, up right now today, bring up a healthier, disciplined child. Now's not the time to take a break and let anything or anybody tell you you did great. Now you can go back to the old way. Now you can flack up. No, now that you've lifted the weight, now that you've gotten stronger, you're going to have to lift more weight. You have to get much stronger. You have to build more muscle. You have to walk a further distance. You have to go the long route so that you get more time in in physical condition. Whatever threatens you, it's time and you need to take the time and the opportunity to threaten it back with, I'm building more and more discipline. I'm building more and more spirituality. I'm focusing on teaching and training and becoming an example to the world. Now, some of our enemies are on the outside. But here's the most important thing to understand. Some of our enemies are on the inside. Let me give you a quick list. Indifference. You got to do the battle of your own indifference, your lack of interest. Boy, it's easy to co- uh, coast, easy, especially if you've accomplished something. To get lost in all the comments of how well you look, how good you look, uh, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. Someone has to say, it's extraordinary, but next year's going to be better. So you have you cannot take the time to relax. You have got to con- continue to build on what your successes are. Here's the key. Not to let the weeds grow in your garden for too long. Get those weeds out. 
If you're planting flowers and you want a beautiful garden, you have to take the time to go out and make sure everything's growing properly. You can't rest long. Before you know it, it's right back. You back procrastinating. Don't rest too long. Indecision is a decision to do nothing. Those decisions can be the thing that destroys or gives opportunity for the devil or your lack of discipline to give over to the lack of health and making your family what you want it to be. Don't let time go by without making some decisions, the ones that you can make quickly, make them. But don't neglect because it's too costly. Thank you so much for joining us for Living Fit. We want to see you healthy in 2022. For James and Karen Roberts, keep living fit and doing what matters. And God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Living Fit. Please consult a physician or fitness professional before beginning any activity if you are under their care. If you would like to contact James or Karen, you can do so through the website, Facebook at livingfit.com.co or call. Until next time, keep living fit and do what matters. Thank you.